We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back. NFL Pick 6 Show, week number 16, sponsored by Thrive. We're almost home. We're almost done with the season. Coming down the stretch, another just 10-game slate. Of course, this slate, the main slate, will be on Saturday, Saturday on Christmas Eve. There are three Sunday games on Christmas. Uh, we'll talk about that briefly after we talk about the main slate. Of course, we don't focus on the Thursday night, Sunday night, or I guess Sunday night this week we will, or Monday night game. 10-game uh, main slate, lots of weather lurking out there. We can only do so much as far as weather on a Wednesday night. Apologies to those that are listening uh, live on the YouTube. Kindly hit that like button, subscribe, turn on those notifications. We're a little bit late because we were talking a little bit of movies pre-show. We were talking weather, uh, why you should never go to a football game in person, especially when it's like zero degrees out at best. Uh, bringing in two of the best, the absolute best in all the business as far as fantasy football analysis. Rich Rebar, John Daigle, John Dagger, 4 for 4, and Betsperts, Rebar, uh, Rebar, of course, from Sharp Football Analysis. And yeah, we want some boots on the ground, Rebar, because one of the one of the cities this week is, is Cleveland, as far as some yeah. goofy weather. We gotta get like some uh, some video of you throwing a attempting to throw a spiral 
on the front lawn or something like that. Yeah, Daigle's in Chicago. I'm in Cleveland. We'll just at, at you know, what, uh, 11.45 or whatever, we'll go outside and we'll each video us throwing a football and everyone could use that to gauge uh, how bad the elements are for Josh Allen, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, <laughs> and uh, Deshaun Watson. So uh, Chief Meteorologist Kevin Roth, again, this is Wednesday night as far as the analysis. Uh, we have the dreaded red. Red is like the worst color you can get as far as weather. That's in Cleveland. Snow pregame or early game, temps in the teens. That's the least of our concerns. We're talking 20 to 30 mile per hour sustained winds. Wind gusts up to 40 mile per hour in Cleveland. I want to see Dago throw a football in 40 mile per hour. Oh, no, that, that's uh, that's you, Rebar. That, that's Cleveland. So um, Maybe both. Yeah. Uh, Chicago, Chicago rumored to have 30 to 50 mile per hour gust. Again, I live only a couple miles from Soldier Field as well. Lakeside, of course. Um, also six inches of snow we're getting over the weekend on Friday. It's negative eight by Saturday at kickoff. I believe it's negative three, not feels like negative three Fahrenheit, literally negative three Fahrenheit. I won't be going outside. Are you I've traveling already gone. for Christmas? Are you staying there? No, I'm actually staying. I couldn't find a good travel day and I am very worried about flights and getting back on time. Right. So I'll be here. Uh, I thought I would get to go out at least by myself to Christmas bars. Your boy may be stuck inside. Uh, with with his own sanity. So uh, call zoom me, you. DM me, Zoom me. Yeah, we may need some help over the weekend. But I did the grocery shopping, the obligatory wine bottles stock up on. So we're okay. We'll be good. Thankfully, you have an awesome three-game slate to keep you uh, company on, on, uh, on Christmas. I mean, you got the Denver Broncos and those Los Angeles Rams. And You might be an NBA fan. You might just yeah. <laughs> I, I will say – I think the Saturday slate's kind of fun. I think there are some sneaky spots here. And I also think some of the weather games are overblown. Um, I think some may go over their total. So we'll talk about those when we get there. You yeah, already mentioned. Saturday was fun. Yeah. The, as as Rich was always tells everyone, has never made a good decision based in fantasy based on weather. And, of course, the Dolphins-Bills game goes over 60 points combined, um, over 800 yards of offense as well. So, yeah, I, I think there's some spots to attack. You've already mentioned, though, Dean, Brown Saints. And I, that's the one where I didn't even need to know the weather to think that one's going under. Like, this this Browns <laughs> offense, dude, like, with Deshaun Watson, 1.7 touchdowns per game, which are as many as the Cardinals and Broncos in that time. Like, they've been bad. So that one's ignorable anyhow. I think it was as low as 31 and a half. As far as the total, I believe it's jumped back up to 32, all the way up to 32 and a half in Cleveland. All the way. <laughs> and <laughs> what's annoying is that if, you know, if Nick Chubb DMP through Wednesday, if he doesn't play, like here's Kareem oh, yeah. as the cheapest option in the lowest total possible. It's like, well, we still may play that one. So yeah. The Ernest Johnson season, maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, there's not a total above 49 currently. The, the biggest total is Kansas City, uh, Seattle. We'll talk about that one soon enough as far as our three key games. RIP uh, the Detroit Lions as far as sponsoring the show. They did not – John, what happened? They did not make the three main – I understand why. They got to buy this week. No Lions, John. They will make the positional plays, and I okay. believe those are the one of the weather ones that everyone's worried about, even though it's, you know, seven degrees up minuscule wind like we're not worried about the wind which is all i ever yeah. care about yeah. in that game at all so there's some hot plays we'll get there with the positions there uh carolina is green according to roth yeah temperature around okay. freezing but like you said light winds uh in the grand scheme of things this is like as good as you can ask for so uh, and, and like you said that's more important to say the most important thing as far as affecting uh you know scoring is wind more so 
than than uh, than snow, uh, than rain uh, as a general rule. Like that's the way it's played out over the years. And Chicago has orange. Cleveland has red. Uh, the Jets have orange as well, for what it's worth. That, of course, is a Thursday night game. I don't know why I mentioned it. It was on the sheet, but there you go. How can sure. we enhance Thursday night football? <laughs> Chicago's interesting, too, just in that last week, even with that game popping off, and that was fine. Like, uh, we need to give the NFL some credit because there are many, many bad weeks in 2022. But, like, when you have a week that is as much fun as week 15 was, like, all credit to Dolphins Bills started it for us. And then, and even like the first game that morning, obviously, Colts and Vikings was fun the second half too. But Josh Allen, even with 300 yards and four touchdowns, like wasn't in winning lineups on DraftKings at least because he didn't carry anyone along with him. Like you're not allowed the victory lap, George Kittle against the Seahawks or Dawson Knox against the Dolphins since they're obvious plays and funnel defenses to tight ends. But like Stephon Diggs, 65 yards didn't matter. Gabe Davis didn't matter at all. So like Josh Allen stacks were not in winning lineups because they just didn't matter, especially when Kirk Cousins goes nuclear in the second half against the Indianapolis. So it was a fun slate. Hey, you know, John, you can victory lap. I'm giving you permission to victory lap. Uh, Rashid Shahid, that was your call. You, you, you uh, sold him pretty hard last week. You played him in our four-man contest. I don't know if you're going back to him. They have a 15 total this week. Well, <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a little thin this week. And also, we talked about it behind the scenes that Chris DraftKings out. Jam in. <laughs> Chris uh, DraftKings and FanDuel last week. It just kind of made sense because everyone, even in cash games, everyone had an ugly play. That's just the way builds worked out. You had to have a cheap option. A lot of people ended up on Nelson Aguilar, and I just could not get there. And it's on me for being biased. I couldn't get to Latavius Murray despite Mike Boone being out too. So I ended up with Shahid. Shahid still popped off. It was okay. Um, had a very good week. Papa didn't bink anything, but we're getting there. We're getting closer. And we still got you know, a couple more weeks to fire. We got some playoff weeks as well. Um, man, we're, you're going to be hearing – it's not in the uh, the game breakdown, but we're going to hear so much Derrick Henry this week, right? Like everybody's just going to play Derrick Henry. That's what they're starting with. Is that where lineups are – uh, they're preloaded, right, Rich, as far as – I don't know if you've heard, but Derrick Henry is at over 200 yards in four straight games against the Texans. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's told you that, Dean. Is that right? I wasn't aware. And who was he playing <laughs> this week? <laughs> uh, Willis, of course, is the quarterback for Tennessee as well. They basically said a uh, pretty good chance yeah, yeah. that he might be donezo for the regular season. Probably uh, done with the, the, the Titans. Yeah? Is this it? Probably. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know what his contract is. He's a gamer. Give Tannehill some credit last week, man. The dude had a he basically didn't have an ankle and came back out and like they had a shot to win. Like got him got him down the field and prop, his his quarterback his quarterback sneak to uh tie the game up was kind of my favorite play of the entire year because so many teams you see on their quarterback sneaks like they line the running back up and the running back comes in and like barely pushes the quarterback in. You know, you try to get some momentum into the goal line. Well, of course, a Mike Vrabel team is taught better than that. And they flexed Jeff Swaim to fullback. They had Derrick <laughs> Henry at running back. And then these dudes basically made Tannehill piss blood. Like, they kidney shot at him on both sides and pushed That's him into the out. end zone. Like, yeah. Mike, Mike Vrabel team does not joke around when you're pushing your quarterback past the goal line. That game was pretty awful, but it had some great plays. Obviously, the McCreary interception was was incredible. Um, if, if you're a fan of the McCreary interception, there was a, a play – I, I believe it's Oklahoma when Ryan, Brian Royals was there. And a, and there's a dude, I'm trying to think who they're playing, but he literally jumps out of bounds, like is on the sideline on a throwaway and throws it back into another player. 
you can YouTube it and find it. It's 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 the most insane interception. Like you know, it's even better if you like the McCreary one. This one is ten times that. It's kind of amazing. More players don't do that, right? And I understand you can't bat it forward, right? Yeah. It's in the moment too. I understand. Like it's it's hard to think within a millisecond, but you think they'd be trained to go out of bounds like that and then bat it back to the closest teammate. Well, the other thing, remember this about DBs is if they get a chance to catch the football, yeah, they're gonna be selfish and they're gonna try to catch sure. that football. It's every Hail Mary, like everything like you ever see. Like, dude, if I got a chance to get an interception, <laughs> take well, it's like fourth shot. and twenty, and like the, the oh yeah, ball, no. there's about 20 yards down the field, and they're diving to catch it as opposed to like knocking it down. <laughs> get those stats, baby. <laughs> Gotta get those picks, man. The agents are probably <laughs> saying the same thing. Is that what happened with Hertz, by the way? Because Hertz had what two or three touchdowns rushing. Was he not pushed in by his own teammates? At what point was his shoulder jacked? Is that is that a fake injury? Just because they they're just no, the play is out there where he heard it or he heard okay. it. Okay, yeah, I I've seen it. it a few times. Yeah, and so, and some of his throws were, and we didn't know it until Monday, but some of his throws were like so egregiously off in relation to like his throws this year. Even uh, it was like poor decision making. I thought initially, but it very clearly was just under throws because of his shoulder. And two of those rushing touchdowns, like. AJ Brown got tackled at the one, and then Miles Sanders got stuffed at the one. And so, of course, Jalen Hurts punches it in. He's got to pad those MVP stats, man. At least he did. Now it's all for naught, I suppose. Yeah, uh, the two point conversion, they ran like the fake QB sneak, and he yep. just like went to the left. <laughs> all right. Did they show that on Red Zone, Dean? I believe I do, I do remember seeing that. I feel like I did see that. I'm fairly certain. <laughs> I wasn't it, watching that game like, you know, a la carte. You know, I'm, well, give, give me the Red Zone, give me all of it. By the, the way, after the afternoon games, games four o'clock this week, two egregious. Yeah, the afternoon games last week couldn't have been on red zone that much, but the first slate of games was fun. I think it was a six four split last week, which really mm-hmm. it was a nice tease, but now it's it's eight two. I, I gotta write a letter to Scott Hansen. I'm sure it's not his fault, but somebody's gotta take the fall. Very first game this week is Minnesota. Minnesota coming off the greatest comeback in the NFL history. Uh 33, nothing they were losing. I, was the was the bigger one before that my Houston Oilers losing to the Bills? I feel like it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was one of the worst days of my childhood. I was a big Houston Oilers fan as a child. And I don't know, was it Cody Carlson that was the quarterback out there? I mean, was that Warren Moon, I feel? Maybe it was Warren Moon. It was Warren Moon, right? Okay. It was definitely Warren Moon. Okay. But it was, yeah, it was uh, Al Cody Carlson right? didn't have him that deep in the playoff. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting flashbacks to Alonzo Highsmith and the uh, yeah, Hill. teams. Haywood Jeffries. Yeah, Haywood Jeffries, yeah. Love those receivers. Now we're All right. Um, yeah, Minnesota. They're at home versus the Giants. They've locked everything up. That's my only concern here as far as Minnesota. Do they push back as far as usage on some of these guys? Are they going in cruise control here, uh, John? Uh, at home they get the one seed. Are they not locked into the one? Oh, no, no. They, they can't get the one, can they? I guess they yeah. can't. Well, the Eagles could lose out. They're 13-1. and one. Come on, really? The Eagles are going to lose out? I'm just saying, that? mathematically, Okay, they right. aren't quitting. It's week 16 of 18 weeks. Nobody's quitting this week, guys. So I, so I was already on another show, and they tried to talk me into the Eagles not caring about this week, and uh, I'm not going to be a part of this. <laughs> I'm catching some trap. <laughs> 49er, 49ers, I believe, can still catch the number one seed as well, and you have, to think, you have to think both teams smell blood in the water. Like, Not that I don't believe in the Eagles can get it done against Dallas, but – you know, an NFL team, of course, sees a back of quarterback come in for Jalen Hurts and says, we're live still for number one. Okay. So you guys think that they're going to they're gonna play Cook yes. uh, as yes. the same usage in your – that's kind of what I was getting at. Not that, like, they can't. 
but maybe they ease a little bit. But fair enough. I, I just thought that was worth uh, touching on. They have their division locked up, but yes, uh, they have uh, mathematically, according to five thirty-eight, they have a 09 percent chance to get a first-round buy. If you want to trust the numbers on that, so, so you're saying there's a chance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, basically, they're giving the Eagles a ninety-eight percent chance to win. Uh, you know, get that one seed, but. Yeah, uh, John, talk to me about uh, Minnesota here against the Giants. They are, and they, you know, their record suggests it's probably be bigger, but maybe not. Just a three and a half point favorite at home versus the Giants. I am admittedly a little more skeptical about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense than I think a lot of people are giving credit for. Uh, a league high 86 plays in that comeback, aka Jeff Saturday's fault last week. And eight teams this year that reached 80 plays and didn't have a bye the following week averaged only 19.8 points the following game. This is what we talked about and Rich even hinted at in the first couple of weeks of the season, which is a long time ago, whenever Matt Ryan and the Colts ran 91 plays in week one and then got shut out the following week against the Jaguars. Cousins also has only been blitzed on 24% of his dropbacks this year, but it's going to be more this game. We know that since Wink Martindale, we talk about every week, is still blitzing at the league's highest rate, 48% of defensive snaps, and Cousins only averaged five and a half yards per attempt against the blitz this season. So I'm a little skeptical. Uh, and also the Vikings red zone defense has been really good, which is bizarro for Giants offense like the Vikings over the last month have faced the second most pass attempts 34 and have only allowed two touchdowns on those 34 attempts they've been really good inside the 20 so far but you know if the Giants are able to push back because it's still a very poor Vikings defense where they allow 36 points in that game or at least 36 points were scored against the Colts (laughs) and Matt Ryan somehow only finished with 10 fantasy points, which is still absolutely incredible. Um, it's still a very bad defense. So maybe there's some fireworks here, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little tepid right now. Your favorite run back on the giants is who like consider salary because that, I think it's a little tough to get the Barkley this week. You certainly can, but yeah, your favorite giants run back is who. And, and Barkley, honestly, like has lost the juice. He's only been a top, 10 running back one time in his last eight games. Uh, he he basically killed himself against the Texans, which everyone does, on 35 touches and then disappeared from there. Over his last five games, even barely at three yards per touch. He's been awful. And so I'm not really on Barkley anyhow. I do think it's a sneaky week. Like, if Daniel Jones pushes it, like if we do have some fireworks here, then I look to the, line, look to the Giants receivers and – Darius Slayton's interesting as the deep threat on this team. 59% of the Giants' deep targets from Daniel Jones since he entered the rotation in week four. And the Vikings are still allowing second most yards per target, yards per game to receivers from the boundary. But I will say, like, on a slate where if you don't play Gardner Minshew, maybe you need some value at wide receiver, Slayton's 20% target share over the last month since Wando Robinson went out and they had to basically change up their three starting wide receivers – is only marginally higher than Isaiah Hodgins' 16.8% target share because Isaiah Hodgins is where we're at in Week 16, Dean. And Hodgins actually has actually recorded 100% of the team's end zone targets in the last four games as well and, like, doesn't go to the slot. So he's running a route on 92% of his, his routes from the boundary where, as I talked about, the Vikings are getting spiked. So the cheaper significantly option, like, you can save 1100 on DraftKings in particular – from Slayton to Hodgins. I do think Hodgins is kind of live on the slate if you need value. You got Hodgins over James? I do, yes. James is merely a slot receiver. Um, I want to uh, target the player or the player from the boundary in Hodgins, yes. 
All right, Rich, uh, feel free to jump whichever uh, team you want to talk about. It's precious to get, you know, this time of year, all the weather lurking. We mm-hmm. do have a game in a dome, which is nice, but this Giants offense, there's not a lot to love, um, you know, but they are cheap, at least from the wide receiver perspective. Um, yeah, you know. this game feels like it's going to get inflated for one, because no weather concerns, and then mm-hmm. two, potentially cheap wide receivers on the Giants side that people will try to plug in. I'm concerned about this game for the same reason I was concerned about the Colts, though, last week. While the Vikings are a defense we've targeted, where they are bad defensively was something the Colts have never been good at the entire year, which gave me a lot of trepidation, you know, on the Colts passing game last week. And it's also where the Giants aren't very good. So I'm very curious to see how this matches up uh, for sure, because where the Vikings have just been getting smoked are, you know, our, our throws 10 yards or further downfield. That's where they're 30th in completion rate, you know, 27th in yards for pass attempt, uh, 31st in passing yards allowed. Um, just 42% of Daniel Jones' completions have gone for 10 or more yards. That's 20th in the league. He has just two passing touchdowns on those throws. Only Zach Wilson has fewer uh, passing touchdowns on those throws. Um, definitely a spot where I think you have to coax yourself into saying, are the Giants going to be able to do something they haven't done all year and, and buy into that, right, as the upside play, not just looking at it like, well, the Vikings allowed this to quarterbacks. Also, Daniel Jones – you, it's really easy to know if you got there in fantasy or not. It just follows rushing lines. If he doesn't run, you're not getting anything. And when he's run, he's hit. But there's no kind of rhyme or reason to Daniel Jones running, which is the, the kind of the problem with him. Like, it's very inconsistent. Like, he'll go one week where he gets eight designed runs, and the next week he'll get two. Uh, just kind of all over the place in those games. And then, like, Daigler hit on the other side. Like, the Giants – like make teams play in slogs. Like they play in slug fest. They've only allowed three top 10 quarterback scores all year. And two of those came in games where they allowed rushing touchdowns. Those quarterbacks, something we're not just going to inherently plug in for Kirk cousins, right. On, a, on any slate. And then Dago brought the, the blitz stuff. Cousins also has been very bad against man coverage based teams, which obviously the giants are um, this game definitely feels like it could go extremely overowned in my opinion. And I will note that we talked about the same instance, Cousins' blitz and man coverage rate against the Lions, but they altered their approach. They only blitz Cousins on 23% of his dropbacks in that game. He only threw nine attempts against the blitz a couple weeks ago against the Lions. Uh, The Lions, of course, still won by 11 points. But this game, like, we know Wink Martindale does not alter his defensive plan in any game whatsoever. He sends the house every single time. So I think we're definitely getting it here for Cousins. Are we chasing the Osborne game, or that was just a you know thirty-three nothing? They're chucking, and you know that's not going to happen again. That's that's not repeatable, he, right, John? He he hadn't been at forty receiving yards in eight consecutive games before that one. So like it's it just seems like a a blip on the radar. Honestly, nothing to chase here. Also, you have to ask yourself how many times is Kirk Cousins going to be in a three-score game script and throw fifty-four times? So I I just don't think the volume or the usage is there at all. Yeah. Um, Rich, the, the other thing is you can't just say like, well, this game's going to be over and like nothing's going to be spectacular. You have to like now fill out the rest of your roster, right. a, a pool that's not that spectacular, which we'll talk about. But I, I do. I think a lot of people here. will start with if they can get to it, uh, you know, if they're not playing Derrick Henry, is they're going to probably look at the top receivers and the other guys all have kind of weather stuff going on that are in great spots, right? Like Diggs is in a great spot, but has weather stuff. Uh, you know, we probably will see Arthur Wan still probably relatively owned. Uh, we might see in another game, we'll talk about it, maybe potentially see DK Metcalf under owned too. Um, but I think a lot of people will try to get Jefferson in uh, for sure. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's where we'll start is Jefferson. But I think if you look at it from a Viking stance and Dale kind of hit on, if we don't really believe, or we believe this could be a potential trap spot for the passing game. One person that's probably not a trap spot for is Dalvin cook. Uh, you know, the New York giants are 30th uh, in yards per carry allowed to running backs. They're 32nd dead last in the league in yards lob before contact uh, on running back carries. Uh, so definitely Dalvin cook is a guy I think that might be, you know, you can get off of anybody playing Justin Jefferson, chasing the two big cousins games. He's thrown for four yards two weeks in a row. Um, and use kind of Dalvin cook as kind of like your launching pad point. If you're going to play the Vikings. You think if you're starting a lineup, you're more likely to play cook than Jefferson, obviously, you know, ownership and a salary, all that considered. Yeah. I mean, we have to see what it, what it does. Cause I definitely would like to play one of the really good running backs still with Dalvin <laughs> cook. Uh, so we have to play with some things, you know, obviously we've got the big dog uh, who will probably talk about positional plays. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has been amazing. Like we might even Christian McCaffrey probably won't be the highest known running back on a slate. And, you know, Derek Henry's going to be more rostered than Christian McCaffrey. And uh, mm-hmm. buddy, we're on it. We're I think so. It. Yeah. But they're both, I think people are going to go double spend up at running back with, with Henry and McCaffrey and kind of sort of. Yeah. Cause you got Minshew, which we'll get to Minshew's on the board, obviously. Uh, there is a lot to play with uh, salary-wise this week for sure. Uh, by the way, for what it's worth. And you might not even need those cheap receivers by the time you build lineups. Uh, I, I like a few expensive mid-receivers too. We'll get there, but yeah, I, I can avoid expensive running back quite easily. John, the reason why I asked about uh, James is like he's one of the guys that's hitting early optimals and oh, like sure. that's not comfortable at all. Uh, he's just cheap, right? He's 3-9. Yeah. Hodgins, uh, Hodgins is 4-1, but like, you know. I, I would comfortably go Hodgins over James at, at two and only 200 more on DraftKings. And on FanDuel, it makes sense since he's the one who scores touchdowns, uh, Hodgins. All right. Seattle at Kansas City. This is the biggest total on the board, 48 and a half. Kansas City, a team total of 29. They're favored by 10. Uh, you guys mentioned already uh, in a roundabout way about Metcalf. There's no locket. Let's see if he all of a sudden gets a ton of more balls thrown his way. I guess Goodwin will step in as the wide receiver, too. He feels kind of sort of like a home run hitter to me, but I don't know if he's been that way this year, to be honest. You probably know this. You guys both know this. Uh, Rich, your thoughts as far as Seattle? Tell me the deal with uh, Marquise Goodwin, because I think of him as this guy that like is a sprinter, just runs those, what is it, the 11 routes? Um, but I don't know uh-huh. if he's been doing that this year. Now he's been playing a lot more kind of like ancillary third wide receiver slot type stuff. Uh, he's got a small sample this season of like when guys have been off the field, but his targets have gone up when either Lockett's off the field or Metcalf's off the field. 29% rate when Lockett's not in the game. Uh, 22% when Metcalf's not in the game. So he's going to get an elevated bump. I mean, you could it probably don't want to get cute and punt with Derek Young. I think he's 3K. Uh, you know, it doesn't have a catch, but one of those guys like dynasty guys know big physical uh uh spark score you know guy or what's the math bomb ras the relative athletic score uh way in the green here freaks we're all excited to kind of see him get some snaps too this weekend especially against the chiefs who are gonna get people to throw man this is what we do this is one of those games too it's supposed to be cold but not wind right like we're not looking at like heavy winds so it's gonna be cold in kansas city but not very windy uh but to me yeah it all starts with dk metcalf uh DK Metcalf's run 144 pass routes in his career without Tyler Lockett on the field. On those routes, he's been targeted on 29% of his routes. He's averaging 2.1 yards per route run, 
Uh, this season, he's been targeted on 32% of his routes with Lockett off the field. Uh, so this could be a situation very similar to what we had for basically two months with Devontae Adams, right? Where like he's just like the last guy standing and the rest of the people are just guys. Uh, and like the ball has to go there in a passing script uh, from a viable quarterback, right? Saw Gino made the Pro Bowl. Tats you. We don't really care about Pro Bowls, but like I'm, I'm feeling good about Gino making a Pro Bowl. I'll rep that one. I'll dab Gino up. Dab Gino up on a Pro Bowl. But, that was uh, a legit Pro Bowl nomination, or like yeah, it was, like these, these are the star. These are the guys that got okay. in. So like, I'm sure for the next month we'll see a bunch of people pull out and whatever. Yeah, although it's flag football this year, guys. maybe they want to go. I don't know, but also the Chiefs have allowed 15 touchdowns to opposing wide receiver ones this year. The next closest team is allowed nine. Uh, they're allowing 20.4 PPR points per game to opposing wide receiver ones. So it feels like a spot where it's just like really don't get cute. Like play DK Metcalf. Walker is a uh, beat up for what it's worth. We'll see what he is as far as uh, being available to play. But I think sore was the word they used as far as the weather. Like you said, temperature, single digits, 10 mile per hour wind. That's yeah. not as bad, relatively speaking. Uh, by the way, playerprofiler.com, uh, Derek Young is his closest comp. Get excited. Benny Fowler? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, what do you have as far as Seattle? Is it just as simple as, you know, uh, let's play some Metcalf? I think so because we know you could also attack them through running backs, but we've already done the Travis Homer experiment without Ken Walker, who has not practiced through Wednesday. We still think he's going to play here. And even a negative game script, as long as Walker is active, it just seems like a timeshare. Gigi Dallas also returned to practice Wednesday. So not really a situation and not enough running back touches to go around to think one of is one of them is viable, even if it was Homer starting in place of Walker in this game. I would still rather pivot to DK Metcalf, especially if Noah Fant, who hasn't practiced through Wednesday as well, is out here. Fant, who's seen the second most targets with Tyler Lockett, off the field this year. So I do, I do think Fink isn't cute. Like I actually think he's a good play if he's in here, especially in what's basically an ugly tight end slate behind Travis Kelsey. If you don't pay for Travis Kelsey, you're just spending down. But at the same time, that's probably a good reason to spend up for DK Metcalf for all the reasons Rich mentioned. Like it's the same reason we played Jerry Judy a couple weeks ago. It's the same reason that Chris Moore, I still cannot believe he didn't get there on 32% target share, even though it is Davis Mills. Um, it's just a run it back spot for DK Metcalf here. And you can't play Kelsey on FanDuel this week. You just can't. I don't know how you can. He's he'd be the third. He'd be the third highest priced quarterback. So he's eight K on DK, eight six on FanDuel. Man, that's. I mean, think about what he has to have on FanDuel to hit to pay off eight six. He's got to beat the field like. Like the next best guy by probably at least five. But think of the stat line he has to put together. But like even it's a great spot because Seattle's been flooded by tight ends all year. Like we were talking about, you know, like Dagle talked about open. But like at eight six, he's got to score what two touchdowns, have a hundred yards, and like maybe catch ten passes at that price. It's the it's the Gardner Minshew argument, right? It is the what are you doing with the rest of your salary? That's the big picture conversation. And like, imagine filling out a lineup where you have Travis Kelsey. Like, where are you going? Because you then can't get to Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. Like, you literally just can't afford those guys. And it's terrible once you get past like the slate is. You know, it's going to be wild west at tight end this week on that ten gamer. 
Uh, I was going to say, Dean, you didn't even ask about Daniel Bellinger. He's live as hell here. uh, I didn't want to. Like, I I kind of implied I was asking about the cheap stuff on the Giants, but I didn't want to say his name. Uh, He's live. (laughs) Season season, high route rate, Vikings below average against tight end. We may be playing Daniel Bellinger this week. Hey, how are those season-long streets uh, treating you guys? You guys in any finals? Is it it too soon? Should I not be asking this? Is it sensitive right now? Or I assume that your playoffs are this week or maybe the championship this week here, John, Rich? Uh, semi mm-hmm. is the most notable one is I did a media league with everyone in Chicago. So Andy Barron's Waz, Robert Mays. Um, we all did a live draft together at a bar and, um, I got the number one seed and I'm still kicking here with really good matchups. Uh, Brady McCaffrey, Justin Fields, the list goes on and on. So I'm pretty happy with that so far. And then Rich and I actually in the, uh, in another media league where we traveled to New York to draft live with, Jake Seeley, the wrestler Eric Young. Well, I don't you know if you know travel. him, Dean. Um, yeah, I got to travel this year. Uh, Rich went under, like, had flight experiences to go through. But <laughs> Thanks, I know, I know. unfortunately, we both got eliminated this past week. My team got kicked in the nuts. Like, it was bad because I had the worst matchups possible. I know who Eric Young is. You don't have to say the wrestler. I, I know there's some people out there. I know he's a big hockey guy. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, he works I, for the athletic. Yeah, I should say he's fantasy guy. Yeah. I don't yeah. know he works at Athletic now. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah he's oh. cool. Many years ago, I, I got to interview him. He seemed like an awesome guy. It was a fun – pro- I'm sure he completely forgot it, but uh, we, we hung out and talked for like 20 minutes or so. Uh, he was he was amazed at me because in that league in back-to-back years, I have just gone against the grain. I've got the last pick. And so, uh, obviously, what everyone does in the draft, I just do the opposite. That's how you win. Like, I can't follow along with the last pick. So I've just gone zero RB and just stacked wide receivers in that league in back-to-back years. And like going eight wide receivers in a row, it blew his brain. He had never seen anything <laughs> like that. Whereas I was like, dude, I do this shit every day. Like I don't, nothing even, <laughs> nothing even affects me anymore. DFS, I am soulless now. By the way, producer Steve chimed into our live chat. Uh, final week, he has quarterback Hurts. I am in two leagues and I have Hurts in both my leagues and I've moved on and now uh, Gordon, uh, Gordon, Gardner Minshew is, uh, is where my hopes are. We'll see. That's the best of what's the scraps we'll that are available. It. Yeah. I, I, I might be sliding into the DMS to ask some questions for season long stuff because I'm in a couple of pinches as far as my leagues, but all right. Um, Hey, uh, McKinnon is more expensive uh, on DK. Um, you know, and Fandle is, he's crazy on Fandle. He's more than Kenneth Walker on Fandle. He should be like seven three. Well, he's more of a DK player though. That yeah, yeah. That's that's he's been awesome of late. Yeah, he's more than Miles Sanders, David Montgomery. They jammed him up. Fifty nine hundred isn't jammed up enough though on DraftKings. No. That's they, still well, listen. That's still we've been on this. We only have three more weeks to talk about that. I know. I got um, I got really upset though when I saw it. Yeah, through only through. But it is an interesting spot for McKinnon though because. If you look at like his role in the past game, it all started when they couldn't find the solution to McCall Hardman, right? McCall Hardman's exit and McCall Hardman's coming back. Uh, so it is kind of a curious spot here to see how it plays out uh, this week because they tried, they had, well, they had one game of Kitters Tony being available to play in the McCall Hardman role. And then like Sky Moore never developed. They just never could do that. And the solution that they found was incorporating the the running backs the passing game which was Jarek mckinnon so i'm curious to see what the alteration is with hardman coming back or if it doesn't even matter this week because he'll just be slow played in um but we've seen this with the chiefs all year right like the first like five weeks it was clyde edward Tolaire that like had the touchdown baton right and then it was mccall hardman and now it's Jarek mckinnon 
Like, where are we going to get one more run where like Chiefs are going to pass this off to some, you know, ancillary guy here uh, where he just runs hot and pure on touchdowns? Um, or Des Pacheco fumbled too many times. And is this now a, a, an opening for Jarek McKinnon to actually, you know, be kind of more than what he's been in just the passing game only back? I think that's four fumbles now for Pacheco. Uh, yeah, John. the dude runs like he's returning a kickoff every time. Like every time he gets a handoff, <laughs> it looks like dude, it's like, dude, you're just running as fast as you can into everybody. Like, chill out. <laughs> I just don't know who to pair with Mahomes because, like you said, and again, they might just sprinkle in Hardman, but Juju, MVS, Hardman, Tony, Watson, Sky, uh, Kelsey, Gray, McKinnon, <clears throat> Pacheco. Even even throw a couple passes to Pacheco. It's just so hard to find who to pair with him. I know Kelsey's like the. <laughs> The obvious one, but also you got to pay for it, and it's got to hit hard. Um, that's what makes pairing Mahomes tricky. Uh, that's why he comes in under owned every I, week, though. Like I, every time I, you're I, like, "Oh, Patrick Mahomes is only like seven percent," and you're like, "Well, yeah, because everyone wants to stack their quarterback." And and I disagree. Like I think Moses is part of the seas here the past few weeks because like it's only Juju, Travis Kelsey, and McKinnon with over a twenty percent target share. Everyone else under ten percent on the team. Like. He doesn't throw to any of us. Everyone keeps trying to make Marcus Valdez Scantling a thing. Fetch is not a thing, Dean. It's not happening. So it happened last week because he got he sucked out a touchdown. And I'll take it. touchdown. I, I That's it. That one <laughs> touchdown after a drop, and he had also an amazing catch too. And like an amazing catch was came after he had like a miserable wide open drop. It's amazing, but still that like, is his career, isn't it? That yes, every single time. But like it, it's only three guys here, and on DraftKings you can flip the build like if everyone's going to go Gardner Minshew at the lowest possible starting point you can go Patrick Mahomes at the highest possible starting point because it's still a Chiefs offense that is favored by 10 points and just go down Patrick Mahomes box scores that's all you need to do he has 320 yards in eight of his last nine games the outlier being the Bengals who own him historically and only he Jalen Hurts and Tua or over eight yards per attempt on the year and he's actually the uh, he's leading Justin Herbert. He's leading the league in yards per game, and it's 34 more yards per game than Herbert. Like, Mahomes is just on an insane historical tear here. And with Jalen Hurts out now, he has he's a, has a likely nod to MVP. So yep. I, I love Mahomes' stacks here. No one's going to play him, and that's how you get unique around McKinnon at 5,900 too on DraftKings. It's like, I'm just going to bring Mahomes along because everyone else is paying down at quarterback. Would you play him naked? Or not Holmes? on not on DraftKings. No. Okay. And and again, I don't I don't think you have to. I I don't know outside of McKinnon. Like Rich said, I really don't think anyone's going to play him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, MVS is still kind of sort of somewhat cheap at four point three k. Kelsey's really hard to get to. Juju mid range at five eight. You think people are going to pair him with McKinnon? That's kind of sort of getting both some yeah. of the run game and yeah. I think that's probably the most popular path. Um. Yeah. Mahomes, he's McKinnon, got a shot at the passing Kelsey. record. He needs 981, I think, over the next three weeks, which is totally in range. Would he play week uh, 18, or we don't know? Yeah, there. I mean, the, the 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 AFC is set up for everyone to play through. Yep. Okay. Because yeah. now that the Bengals are like have, have you know roared back, uh, no pun intended. Like it's those three teams are all like live for the one seed. And um, this Seahawks defense has just fallen apart. It sucks because, like, I do think Geno Smith, like, 
The Seahawks deserve to be in the playoffs this year. They're one of the more fun teams to watch, but the, everything, the juice is just gone. So many injuries have caught up to them. They've allowed 28 and a half points per game since their bye the last four weeks, 5.9 yards per play in that time. Uh, Geno Smith has six turnovers over the last month. So like there, there's just little pushback here from the Seahawks, but I don't think they're going to stop the Chiefs offense at all. Yeah, I think Gino's a really good play too, just because everyone's getting there, and like he's kind of just really going to be overlooked, you know. But if you're playing a Metcalf team, I think it's really easy just to start there and play that stack first, and then try to mix in, you know, one of the Chiefs guys. But I mean, everybody's getting there in the Chiefs. Dude, Davis Mills had another 19 points against them last week. They've allowed a QB one score nine of their past 11 games. The only two guys that didn't get there were Malik Willis and Bryce Perkins. And, you know, <laughs> Russell Wilson two weeks ago had 26 points, like. Dude, everyone is getting you there. You should have led with that. That's the most impressive. Yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, I should have led with Davis Mills. It's way more jarring that Russell Wilson had 26 <laughs> points uh, in a game. But, I mean, everyone's getting there. It's Chiefs. They, you know, I brought up the, the stat before. I mean, they are allowing the most passing points per attempt in the NFL, and they face the fourth most pass attempts per game. When you combine the two, you give up a lot of passing points overall. Uh, so, and, and the the Seahawks have just been absolutely flooded in the run game. They have 662 fewer rushing yards than their opponent since week nine. It's wow. by far the largest. And they've and they've had a bye week over that span. Uh, it's the largest differential in the league by a mile. Uh, just absolutely getting crushed. This Rick, game's uh, hot. Rick, this Kansas City is up. Uh, they're up 14, right? They started the fourth quarter. They started thinking about killing the clock, running the game out. Is it Pacheco or is it McKinnon running out that clock? I still think it'll be it'll be Pacheco. Cause remember yeah. McKinnon still too. We had the the dead legs thing from a couple years ago. Yeah, like yeah, I'm never gonna forget about that with Jared McKinnon and Jared McKinnon. Like I actually went back to try to find some old Jared McKinnon articles I wrote, and like the sites don't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> you can't find them because I mean, when he was a prospect, this was it. Like we waited all we waited ten years for this. This is the this is our time. All right, the third game, uh, Fox is very upset about what happened last week. The NFL is upset, I'm sure. Philadelphia and Dallas is supposed to be a lot of fun. Now it's kind of sort of somewhat meaningless. Uh, Philadelphia, you know, we saw they jumped to, what, a five, four-point dog. Uh, Hurts not officially ruled out, but, like, I can't imagine he plays this point dealing with that injury. They're essentially locked in to that one seed, not officially, but essentially, more or less. Um, yeah, Dallas, Philadelphia, Minshew season. Uh, are we excited about Minshew? Not just the memes, but as far as actually rostering them, Rich. Are we playing some uh, some Minshew against the Cowboys? This game, by the way, the blitz game level factors. It's like breaking it as far as game plays. Uh, it's it's projected to have more than three more plays than the next fastest game, and like five or six in the next game. So, you know, two teams that play pretty fast. I guess it's a little bit different with Minshew. We'll see, but just sort of a. It feels like it could be a lot of fun if Minshew shows up. Is he going to show up, Rich? I I believe so. I mean, we know he's a, he's a viable starter. He averages 17 fantasy points a game in his career, and he's played for largely miserable teams, a miserable Jacksonville team. Uh, and then last year we saw him play two games, and he was he, he scored 18.9 points in the first game, and that was against the Jets, a team we, that was bad last year. And then he started in week 18 against this Cowboys team and had 14.5 points, and that was in a game without – 
AJ Brown, without Dallas Goddard, without Miles Sanders. It, the, the Eagles starting offensive line in that game was LaRaven Clark, Andre Dillard, Jack Anderson, and Sua Opeda. They, they started Jason Kelsey to keep his streak going, and then they, he came out of the game because uh, he, he has that Ironman streak going. But uh, this is a great infrastructure for Gardner Minshew to walk into. It's indoors, and Jalen Hurts wasn't—he was hurt in game last week, but he wasn't hurt in game for anyone to kind of like know it was going to be an issue coming into this week. So there was no pricing influx on Gardner Minshew; like he's just priced where he was. He's four eight on DraftKings, and he's six one on FanDuel. Um, playing with elite offense, got elite wide receivers. We might have more of a drop back passing, and there's a lot of dynamics here <laughs> with Gardner Minshew coming in. Plus, we talked about Trevor Lawrence last week and the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys just have too many cluster injuries in the back end. Like they've lost too many cornerbacks the past few weeks. You know, they lose Jordan Lewis for the season, lose Anthony Brown for the season. Trayvon Diggs has not really played well the last six weeks. Um, they allowed 8.6 yards for passing to Davis Mills two weeks ago. That's what the Davis Mills litmus test to hear under judging your defense. And then four <laughs> passing touchdowns and 316 to Trevor Lawrence last week. Like they can be had in the passing game right now. John, uh, Philadelphia, Dallas, Minshew, 4.8K on DK. He is uh, unquestionably, I, I think, uh, going to be the most popular quarterback on DK. I ran my Optimals pre-show. Of course, it's a Wednesday night, but just being so, so cheap over there. And even on Fandle, just to make stuff work, he is the number one guy uh, as far as hitting Optimals. Uh, Mahomes behind him, for what it's worth. Uh, Daniel Jones and Mahomes were tied uh, on DK, which is uh, interesting. And then Gino right behind, right behind him, them. Uh, yeah, Minshew is going to be popular, man. That's just the way it's going to go. Are, are you on board with this, John, or you want to be a little different this week? I want to be a little different, but again, the discussion is not about what Minshew does himself. It's what can you get with his salary. Uh, it reminds me of the one time, Dean, you would remember better than anyone. I think it was Brandon Nemo. Yes, I know baseball players, and I could be <laughs> wrong, but I believe it's three or four years ago where FanDuel accidentally priced him at $1 for a slate. Uh, and Kike Enrique Hernandez, I believe what you're talking about. Thank it was Kike Hernandez. Yes. And everyone, and he was in the winning lineup at like 80% <laughs> rostered because again, it wasn't about like what he does personally. It's about what does the salary allocation get me? And that's what it seems like to me. But I would argue that there aren't enough good plays at the top for me to worry about paying down at quarterback. And I would rather flip the build with expensive wide receivers and Patrick Mahomes instead. Uh, whereas, as you said, right now, optimals are showing everyone's going to pay down for Minshew and pay up for Derrick Henry and someone else. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. But is he viable? Of course he is. Um, I'm also pissed off that the Eagles are only 2,200 since Dak has thrown nine picks in his last six games and the Eagles lead the league in interceptions. I love the Eagles. Uh, I could see myself correlating Miles Sanders for recency bias. Like, last week was concerted. Even Nick Sirianni came out and said Miles Sanders did not receive his first carry until 624 left in the second quarter because, yeah. because like they recognized what the Bears do on defense. Like AJ Brown went for a career high in receiving yards last week. And NFL next gen stats charted AJ 143 of his 160 yards against single high coverage, meaning the read literally was every time Jalen Hurts pre-snap recognized one safety over the top, they were going to AJ Brown every single time. And that's what happened. Uh, I wonder if it's going to be the same, and I don't think it will with Gardner Minshew. So maybe we go back right back to Miles Sanders and the same perceived game script we thought was going to happen last week, honestly. So I like the Eagle Sanders correlation for sure here, uh, just as leverage too off of Minshew. 
Both are live. Both are possible. You're upset that the Eagles are too cheap. You think they're going to be popular? Is it? I, I don't know. I, I don't the weather stuff. I feel like people are going to want to play some kind of weather nonsense game, like defensively, like a Saints or or Cleveland. Depending, which feels on, bad though, right? Because like those are games like are just not going to have pass attempts. Yes. Right. Like, <laughs> like people are like, oh, I'm going to play one of these defenses in the cold and it's going to have uh, 75 combined runs and no turnovers. I still can't believe the Browns got the 18 points on Saturday. Like I didn't play them knowing the Ravens were only going to run, uh, but the Browns still got there because the Ravens offense is so bad. Why they're seven and a half point favorites, I'm still boggled at. But they were I, fine. I, like the Ravens actually drove like almost every drive and they just didn't just finish any score. drive. <laughs> it's the, the same thing all season long. They just can't score. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Eagles defense is an awesome play. Awesome play. Rich, how do you feel about the Cowboys? Um, I have no opinion on team defenses. Um, well, no, no. I mean like the <laughs> offense and the, the offensive players for the Cowboys. Uh, they're good. They score a lot of points. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> since Dak has been back in our center, they're number one in the NFL, you know, in scoring rate per drive, you know, yards or play uh, basically every offensive metric. Right. So, uh, the frustrating thing with the Cowboys is you look at it from a top down stance. You're like, man, the Cowboys have this awesome, like thin target tree, right? Like CD lamb. And Dalton Schultz are, are getting this. And then for some reason, every time they get in the red zone, they're like, Kellen Moore's like, yo, look, look, look at this play I got for Peyton Hendershot. Or like, look <laughs> at this play I got for Noah Brown. And you're like, what? What? Like, what? Like, what is happening here? Um, yeah, but this is a spot too. For, like, when you look at Dak, like, they're not a team like we would like still chase a spike week from a quarterback against, right? Like, they've had just two QB1 score weeks all season. Uh, Fields has the highest scoring quarterback game against them. That was put up last week, but he also had nine rushing points. Like that, that Dak Prescott's long gone. Um, you know, the, we were happy to get 20 rushing yards from him last week, right? Like that's like, ooh, like we got something. Like this is the same thing happened to Russell Wilson, at, like, you know, the his state of his career. Um, just two quarterbacks have had more than 14 passing points against them this year. So, like a ceiling game, probably like out out like right he, i think Dak can have a good game but like a ceiling game like a tournament winning game i have a hard time getting there for sure mm-hmm. anybody have this game like a thought as far as a vegas perspective just i mean emotionally the game kind of doesn't matter so much anymore and like there was already that smack talking weeks in advance and it's kind of like diffused i think it, I, mean, I still think the eagles are going to show up man okay because uh, imagine if you're the eagles in this spot like one, Nick Sirianni is only in his second year, anyways. He's, you know, but if you beat the Cowboys with your backup quarterback, and you beat them with Dak Prescott, who wasn't available the first matchup, and you beat them at home, like what happens if you play that team a third time down in the playoffs? Like you are going to be feeling, you're going to have so much confidence. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I think the Eagles are going to show up. I think they're going to try to win this game. I, I mean, for I, sure. Okay. I think, I, I think they're not going to lay down. I, I think this points. is... I think this is the one of the worst market corrections of the last five years. Um, I think the Eagles are live as hell. Like they can absolutely win this game. They're the better team. The Jaguars just beat the Cowboys and the Texans almost beat the Cowboys the week before that. This like is there's no good teams. If Doug Peterson can even point out that Kelvin Joseph shouldn't be on an NFL field, like Nashawn Wright was a healthy scratch till last week. They only activated him because they have injuries. Rich talked about the injury cluster. And then they had to bench Kelvin Joseph in the third quarter because Lawrence was only targeting him in man coverage. Like if Doug Peterson can figure that out, Nick Sirianni will figure it out with Gardner Minshew. And they already beat the team at full strength. Whenever Micah Parsons was playing better, he's still awesome. He's been amazing. But like even Marcus Parsons, who led the league in individual pressures last week, like doesn't matter. The Jaguars scored 40 points, defense included, but 40 points on the Cowboys right now. Like just because of their injuries, they're not a good defense right now. Yeah. And you go back three weeks ago, that game, you know, against the Colts, they had the massive fourth quarter, but the Colts were moving the ball against them, you yep. know, until that, you know, that game was tight until like just things went crazy in the fourth quarter for the Cowboys. But this defense is definitely giving up you know yardage right now so if Minshew is viable and like he's live and can and he listen the surrounding players the Eagles are excellent and they're getting Dallas Goddard back um yeah there's a is lot he gonna here be full though, you think? I'd be hesitant you know me I don't like to play guys that have been like on that like just been multi-week absences you know props to anyone it's a shitty tight end slate if you want to take a shot go for it I'm not gonna talk you out of it raising my hand <laughs> that's me he's, four, he's 4,500 four, which I yeah. think is the cheapest he's been all season I want to say yeah, uh, he was mid fours before, but you know it's kind of, sort of, somewhat baked in. John, when you said there's a market correction, you're saying that the you don't think Hertz is worth three and a, uh, three and a half points. Cowboys were one one point favorites, now they're four and a half point favorites. It you got all the it got all the way up to six at one point. It's since been bet down because six okay. was a dumb correction. So yeah, I, I don't I do not think in this particular matchup on the season. Yes, in this particular matchup, given where these two teams are at, it's not it's a bad correction. All right. Anything else of note as far as this game? All right. Uh, oh no, I mean Tony. Yeah, you can't get to Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. Um, we talked about. Rich talked about the touchdown regression from both last week. Tony Pollard did out touch Zeke. He still saw five targets, but even then, last week he was only a option as a pivot off of Camara, just in case you didn't want to play him at similar salary. Uh, this week, it doesn't really fit any builds. Yeah, Lamb's the br- the run back. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what you do, whether you do Sanders or you do the passing side. John, did the FBI ever get, ever get back to you on uh, the Alvin Kamara tw- tweets? Uh, what I mean, what are we doing? David Johnson? <laughs> I... You know, he, I still may play him, Dean. I still may play him at this point. I, I don't care about the total. I still may suck it up. 
<laughs> I mean, is there anything? Have we gotten anything out of the the Saints camp? I guess the season's over. Uh, they they're, are they moving on with Kamara, and the season's over. No, come on. He had twenty three touches. Yeah, he had 23, 27 touches, and Pete Carmichael did come out and like he he like admitted that uh, we should have gotten Kamara more touches in this situation. Like he said that out loud to the media. He so, had twenty three like, touches, and the Saints scored their touchdowns from. 68, 22, and 19 yards out. Yeah. Like, that's not enough touches when David Johnson's the guy that's getting the ones that he's not getting, I think, in the year 2022. But, but now it's the Browns' defense. Now it's the Browns' running just, defense. Yeah. You know, after a only... week where, after a week where Camaro was a cash game play, you know, we love these yeah, spots. Yeah. Where yeah, no I mean, people, are, people are, are like legitimately furious that a running back yes. had 23 touches and 100 <laughs> yards. Like, he had, he had a 100 yard game, 23 touches, and like everyone's just, just, so pissed off. He's it. he's live this week. Well, David Johnson, and he even fumbled the ball too. Like you're supposed to get benched after you do that, right? That's what I was told. That's the rule. Can't get them all right. The Can't biggest thing, the biggest roadblock for Kamara is he has two touches inside the five all year. Is that Hill stealing stealing all of them? It's some, some them? but it's like yeah, it's like you're playing a guy that's only got two touches inside. Like what are where are the opportunities for you to score? Because the game was good, like we said, but yeah. in DFS, like we need touchdowns, right? You need touchdowns. Well, especially when, as we talked about last week, especially when James Conner is there in a late swap position, especially when Tony Pollard's there as well in one of the higher totals of the week. So, yeah, it's like the Kamara has to hit, has to hit. All right, we're going to give some of our favorite plays position by position as far as the games we've not yet touched on. Before we do that, we do want to shout out our sponsor, Thrive. Join in the fantasy prop action this NFL season with Thrive Fantasy. Easy to play. No salary cap style contest revolves around over-under style player props. Now, each prop has a fantasy score associated with that prop. The riskier the prop, the higher the fantasy score. Rack up the most points for your chance to share in on the prize pool. Use the promo code GRINDERS when you sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250, as well as free contest tickets. If you deposit between $100 and $499, get yourself two free $20 contest tickets. You get six free $20 contest tickets with $500 plus as far as deposits. Uh, again, use that promo code GRINDERS. Terms and conditions do apply. Check out the Rotor Grinders review page for Thrive Fantasy in the description for more. Producer Steve's going to throw the props up on the screen. And we want some takes here as far as the uh, – one of the big contests going down as far as Saturday. Uh, let's see. Producer Steve, has he got it up on the screen? Every John? under this week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that's that seems like a good starting point. Uh, any unders that we like that we want to take advantage of, and you know, as always, the house <laughs> rules play uh, be as ambitious as you want to be as far as uh, you know getting those points for being correct. Um, I'll take AJ Brown even money, even points for over a touchdown. I would like to bet on Gardner Minshew in this offense, especially for the injured secondary of Dallas. And we already discussed why, and I understand it's a 20-point difference, but 61 and a half yards for DK Metcalf. Like, I just got to take those 90 points. Like, I, I, don't, I would just much rather, especially if forced to choose, be on the over in that one. That is the first one that jumped out to me as well. Yeah, that, that seemed a little bit too low. Uh, Derek Hardy, the Blitz, uh, projecting Metcalf at 87 yards for what Ooh. it's worth. So that's a, that's a big difference. Uh, see those picks, uh, you know, Rich, and raise them. What do you have for us? Well, Jalen Hurts is in the pool. Obviously, you know, there's no sense betting. Just like him. the Kyler last week. Yeah, yeah. Throw that one out, obviously. 
Yeah, you got uh, you got Mahomes. Like I said, going for the record, he's Dago already brought up. He's thrown for over three twenty and eight of his past nine, and you're getting rushing yards included, which he's also been doing. Hopefully. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah. So that looks great. And you're getting some juice on that one too. Obviously, they're playing for the the game script, but yeah, I like that one. Um, I would love the Jamar Chase one, but the catch seven catches is a lot to bank on. But I do think the matchup's good. We'll probably talk about him in a little bit too. Oh, uh, also, you're getting the Derrick Henry more than 96. <laughs> and it, wasn't this Thrive same prop when they played the Texans last time? And we talked about this. I think we. I talked think they had. I, I think they had. I think they had it at 103 last time as well. I swear we have deja vu on this, and you're getting more points if he rushes for over 96 and a half. Yeah, I feel pretty good about the over on that. Uh, one more I would throw out is, uh, and I hate betting against Josh Allen, uh, 275 and a half yards, less than that, you get 105 points. Yeah, and he's only, geez, man, j- j- go up and down Josh Allen's game log too. You know, I mean, Obviously the, he got there last week, but he hasn't, he hasn't even been around 275, like maybe twice in the past eight weeks. Well, the other part of it is the weather in, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. 28, yeah. yeah. Since they came back from by Josh Allen's passing yardage, 218, 205, 330, 197, 253, 223, 147, and then 304 last week. Is he still hurting from whatever injury he had like a month and a half ago? Or is that yeah, there's just a lot uh, going on there? Injury wise, uh, everyone outside of Stephon Diggs is bad. Um, there's a lot going on there. They had to bring Cole Beasley and John Brown back. I think that's how we, we get a really good grasp on how they feel about their wide receivers outside of Stephon Diggs when those moves are being made. All right. So there you go. We gave you all uh, four or five or six to start with. In that particular contest, you got to pick 10 of 20 over there on Thrive. You also can just like have other parlays you can make. You don't have to be as ambitious. You don't have to play that particular contest, but that is a big contest going down on Saturday. Again, use the promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S, when you sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250. Position by position, we may have already talked about all the quarterbacks we like. I'm not really sure who's left <clears> on the board. But, uh, John, yeah, sell me on some quarterbacks as far as who's left. Who are we excited about? I'm going to have a small pool for Saturday, and it's because I like flipping the build. And so if I don't play Patrick Mahomes, I think Joe Burrow is hot this week. Uh, the Patriots, we've talked about this in the past. But we have to highlight it again against above-average quarterback play. Aaron Rodgers, Tua, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Kirk Cousins. The Patriots' defense is allowed 28.5 points per game and 5.9 yards per play. Just getting absolutely smoked through the air. Whereas, take the splits against Mitch Trubisky, Zach Wilson, uh, Sam Ellinger. You can imagine what happened there. So, they were a below-average defense against above-average competition. Not only that, but since the Bengals returned from their bye in week 11, Burrow has gone 17 to 26 for 10 touchdowns and no picks inside the red zone. In that same span, New England is allowing the fourth highest completion rate inside the 20. So I think Burrow double stacks that which won't be played at all are hot this week. Rich? Now he's mixing a Bengals, a Bengals stack, uh, just, just for the sake of it every week. Uh, yeah, like that one. Like I said, we brought up Geno, Mahomes, uh, Minshew. I will say, if you can stomach it in large field, and if you if you can do it, Malik Willis is <laughs> direct leverage off of Gardner Minshew and Derrick Henry. If you just get lucky and he has like a, a rushing game or runs in for a touchdown, that's obviously not going to be a Derrick Henry rushing touchdown. I mean, it's reciprocal leverage. Uh, 
he's only large field play, but that definitely scenario exists. I thought you were going to go with Sam Darnold because I I, I no, had him I'm in not my going pool. With Sam Darnold. I had him in my pool, and I was like, ah, oh, that doesn't need to be that. It's too thin. No, and it's obviously large field stuff because if you're not gonna make if you're gonna make non Henry lineups, right? Like if you're gonna have some, like he would be a guy because you're getting off of Minshew at the same salary, right? And you're banking on stealing something from Derrick Henry. That would be the angle, the galaxy brain. What would you guess Malik Willis's current median projection is as far as passing yards this week? Oh, like seventy-four. Yeah, considering <laughs> considering he's he totaled he totaled one thirty in two starts. I'm guessing it's they around threw one 66. pass in the second half when yeah. he played the Texans last time. Wow, I mean, I, this is number is going to shock you. Then it's one twenty-seven. Yeah, no, they, he won't. They won't, he won't project that low. I was set my own, but yeah, they won't do a starting quarterback that dirty. But my line Thrive might be seventy-four under one twenty. Right above him, Justin Fields. Fields can like run for 100 yards. He's oh, I think he's certainly interesting. And the opportunity oh, yeah. cost is not huge this week at quarterback. It doesn't seem like that at least. I think someone they, showed too like Fields's like win chart from this year, and like it's pretty comparable to like what's expected this weekend, like in their home starts. So mm. you, know uh, you know what you're getting. Fields and Luke Getzey have both talked about to the media too about him being 207 yards shy of yes. Lamar Jackson's single season record. Like they know what they're going for for sure. Yeah, I mean, 100 yards on the ground. That's that's 13. That's 13 points on DK, and then let's say he gets in the box. Now we're at 19. We're almost home. I think I would be much more open to playing him, even in the weather, if I knew or had any confidence in a stacking partner. But like, no one matters. Oh, no. Like, Cole Komet is touchdown <laughs> only. We've gone down this road so many weeks before. I couldn't believe he was chalk last week. It's like, why? What are y'all doing? And then, uh, you know, you may get the Equinemius St. Brown 30-yard bomb, but you need three of them for them to matter. So it just doesn't – you can't stack up with anybody. I think St. Brown's out this week. Is, am I, am yeah. I not okay. And Chase Claypool was downgraded today. Yeah. Uh, like Byron Pringle. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Dude, they can bring Willie Galt back. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like. Willie Willie Galt was a uh, wasn't he on like the bobsled team or something like that? I feel like he, he partook. Was that he? In the off- I think he did like in the off season or something like that. All right, uh, running backs. Uh, Rich, you set the table as far as some RBs. Well, you know the big dog's going to be played. Uh, CMC if he somehow gets overlooked, just like man, jam CMC in. Uh, he's been a top four running back scorer in every game with Elijah M- Mitchell inactive. Uh, Jordan Mason only comes up for like the clean like the he's the guy just cleaning up the very end. Like he's played one snap in the first half the past two weeks. Don't worry about Jordan Mason. Um, keep playing Ramondre Stevenson if you want, whether how many legs or ankles he has. Um, and then just follow the Khalil Herbert news. Like if Khalil Herbert's out again, then David Montgomery's live. So Willie Galt attempted to, but failed to make the U.S. bobsled team in 1992. Mm, tough scenes, one. Willie. <laughs> John Candy was all ready to make a movie about it, but you know. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, John, what do you have as far as some RBs? Yeah, J.K. Dobbins' touches increased, his share of backfield touches increased in a, on a short week against the Browns. Um, he's now averaging over eight yards per carry the past two games, despite being Frankenstein and having bolts coming out of his knee. But <laughs> at the same time, it's now a normal week's rest against this Falcons defense. So, again, the Ravens are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. That's what Vegas thinks. So I, I do think he's live here. He's 5,800 on DraftKings, pretty cheap. And then if Rich admitted to Malik Willis, then I, I will admit that uh, it's ugly. It's large field as well. 
but I do think Cordero Patterson may be live on DraftKings. Um, everyone looks to Tyler Algiers, 100-yard box score, but like Patterson still recorded his most touches, 15, in that game Caleb Huntley got injured since week three and ran more routes than Algier. And so like if you think the Falcons hang around, because again, the Ravens just can't score the ball at all, then maybe it's because of Patterson, who has seen at least a 10% target share in two of his last three games without Kyle Pitts. So just a thin option. John, we're on uh, Atlanta. You mentioned Atlanta like, stock receivers. And Drake London, this is where, like, you know, target share can kind of like, lie to some degree, right? Um, what, what, what was Drake London's target share last week? Because I think he had 11 Eight, targets. 42%, but he's also he's accounted for in his last two games. One of them, of course, being with Marcus Mariota. He's seen 46% of the team's targets the past two weeks. And as you said, I don't think it matters. Like It may just not matter at all. <laughs> That's just so wild. That's got to be like the highest, right? For the last two weeks, Drake London's got to yeah, be. You played him in the four man as well in your winning lineup. I did play him, yes. <laughs> you just wanted the target share. You wanted the target. Yeah, yeah. He's been super cheap. I mean, he, he finally dipped. Is he, what do you go back on DraftKings? Because he, he was under 5K last week. He's 4 8 on DK, yeah. 6 4 on Fandle. Yeah, he's Still playable cheap. over there. Yeah. If, yeah. I mean, listen, that's a stone's throw away from Marquis Goodwin. <laughs> I mean, I said Isaiah Hodgin, too, I actually think is a good play. So, sure. Why not? Oh man. Uh, so some receivers you actually want to play, John, what do you got as far as I mentioned, I was just curious to get your stat on London because I know it was something goofy. A few. Yeah. I, th- I think Chris Moore going back to him is pretty great spot. Uh, he's now seen 46% of Houston's targets the past two games, or is that Drake London? Uh, no, it's, it's Chris. No, it's yeah. Chris Moore's 36%. Sorry. And then uh, just a good spot in general, because as we know, like the Titans allowing league highs and yards per target and yards per game to opposing boundary receivers. And that's where Chris Moore is running a majority of his routes, 69% of his routes these past two games, not expecting Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins to play. Well, I say not expecting Brandon Cooks to play. He was full practice Wednesday. Yeah. But I do, I do wonder if he's just done with the team. I don't know. But if he's still out, I think Chris Moore is live on both sites and is an amazing play. I was going to ask the same thing because I saw Cook's practice and I was just as surprised. I'm like, I thought he just like was like AWOL basically. Like, I, I just thought, yeah, he's done. Like, whatever has happened. It's, it's the time of the year where things are whack. Week. He practiced late in the week last week and I was like, oh man, is this going to be active? And then he wasn't. But he's, he's having changed heart, man. The Texans are playing hard. Maybe he's like, oh, these guys are playing hard. I'm going to come back to this. <laughs> I, I would, I may be interested in Brandon Cooks if he comes back. But yeah, right now, if they're both out, Chris Moore. And then we hinted at it. I think DJ Moore is just an amazing play this week. Like I hope his ownership stays down because of the weather, but dude, you can't, you can't write a better game script for him here. Like the lions, as we mentioned, one of the best run defenses since their week eight by, but at that same time, they're facing 37 pass attempts per game. So teams know it and they're throwing on them. And then since Sam Darnold entered the lineup, DJ Moore leads the team in routes run from the slot. And that's where the lines we've talked about in the past are allowing a league high 10.4 yards per target. Uh, Not to mention the Lions allowing a top three rate of completion rate on throws 10 plus yards downfield. Like there are, you could write a novel on why Gigi Moore should blow up this week. Of course, that's been his career and it hasn't worked out yet. But like this week, I think Gigi Moore should be closer to a 7K player that he's not that on DraftKings or Fandle. So I, I love Gigi Moore this week. And then if you play Joe Burrow, and you don't get to Ramondre. Ramondre is an amazing play, but Jacoby Myers tied for the team leading targets last week, and he actually ran the third most routes among their receivers. 
And that was his lowest route rate in a game all year. So we had to assume he was simply limited because that was his first game back from concussion protocol, whereas the Bengals are allowing the third most yards per target to the slot where he plays. So I'll go back to Jacoby Myers in a heartbeat. Yeah, uh, someone who did that, I don't think you watched Mac Jones play football the last two I weeks. did. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Mac but he Jones was great played the worst. Game. Think about this. Mac Jones was worse than Trace McSorley last week, like bar none. And like it, it, <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Listen, I played a lot of, of Myers last week, the spot. So, well, Ramondre, we saw was going to come in around three to seven percent with late news. So, I got on Ramondre last second instead. That's the only reason I didn't play Myers. Yeah, he, he did have a touchdown call back, but man, Mac Jones has been rough these last few weeks. He's pissed I mean, too. Is he done? Like, is he, is he going to be, are they cutting ties and like starting over next year? No, I don't think so. I, okay. I don't think so, and even if they do, it's not. Maybe fair, they should hire an offensive coordinator. That's it, bingo. Because <laughs> the next person they bring in will fail under if it's Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. The next person will fail anyways. It doesn't matter. I was gonna say shout out to uh, Jacoby Myers, just the way he handled it in the press, like after awesome. Like you know, people were clowning him all over the place, and he did a oh, great job yeah. answering questions. And it was a bad week for the press too. I don't know if you saw the Gio Bernard uh, clip. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Like, they're harassing Gen- this guy. Like, Jen Lane is totally so- pretty professional, too. So, like, the fact they came out and, like, attacked Geo, basically, it's like, come, just calm down. It's okay. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And she also, like, tweeted it out. It was like, look what I did. It's just like, you yeah. shouldn't be bragging yeah. about this tweet. I didn't, didn't really, nah, I wasn't nah. a fan you know, of that. like, Geo, especially in his bodies, and, like, this is a dude that's a veteran player that's not playing at all on a team that's bad. Like, he probably feels like he can do a lot more than, like, yeah. what he's. You know, he's probably, you know, he's, he's, it's, it's upsetting, man. Like, and it's his old team, right? Like the, you know, yeah. yeah, there's a lot there, man. Like, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. But it's a whole other, you know, tangent we can go on. Rich, what do you have as far as some uh, receivers you like this week? Yeah, I, I had DJ Moore on my list too. Obviously too, you know, uh, it's a smaller sample at Sam Darnold. He's been targeted on 31% of his routes uh, against man coverage too. So we love that uh, as a potential spot. Uh, Jamar Chase, especially if Jefferson gets the steam for being indoors. Uh, another one of those real spots. I mean, the, the Patriots, they, they play man coverage uh, at the fifth highest rate in the league. Uh, he is averaging 3.6 yards per route run against man coverage. He's getting targeted on 34% of his routes against man coverage, just 29 or 23.9% against zone. So pretty big, significant splits uh, for Jamar Chase. Um, you brought up DJ Moore. Uh, I think Brandon Ayuk is a pretty interesting play. He has the last two weeks with Purdy under center faced two of the best defenses in the NFL, limiting opposing uh, boundary receivers in the NFL. Uh, three weeks ago in Purdy's first game was starting, uh, he had nine targets from Purdy and that was against Miami team. That was 20th against boundary receivers. So I do think going against Washington, who's 23rd, uh, opens up maybe for a little bit more of Ayuk. And then, uh, in that same game, potentially Terry McLaurin and the game was like, I can't, a lot of people are like, I can't play anyone against the 49ers. Uh, but this is a game that the commanders are probably going to have to throw the football and they've only thrown the football more than 30 times, three times since Taylor Heineke's been starting. But this is when you can get all those like targets, you know, target, target rate, target per outrun stuff for McLaurin to matter. Um, in the games that they've thrown over 30 passes, he's got five for 73 and a touchdown, six for 113, and eight for 105 and a touchdown. So in kind of a spot where people are like, nope, I'm not clicking that 49ers. Uh, definitely think he holds some intrigue this week. 
Brock Purdy leads the league in completion rate under pressure the past two games as well. Um, I think he is a system quarterback, but I also think I underestimated him, and he's looked really good, honestly, under Shanahan. It's the same argument everyone's made for Garoppolo, right? Like the same thing. Like you just need a point guard. Can you play yep. point guard? But um, but I think a lot of people a lot of people perceive that it would be an immense drop off where it's the same player. But actually, you could argue Purdy is better because he adds legs, whereas Garoppolo does not. Purdy better or worse than Heineke? Better. Probably better. I mean, this is. I mean, still, he's started two games. He played two games. I know Heineke's. I have a large enough sample to know that, like, we've known through this whole ride, this whole commander's ride, that this has been a Fugazi. So, yeah. At least willing to see Brock Purdy, like, because, you know, this is the Tom Brady story. Let's let's say that Brock Purdy is the next Tom Brady. Let's lock it in right now. Sure, why not? Yeah. There's a chance Wentz might jump in this game, right? If uh, things aren't going well for Heineke. Is that worth saying? Or yeah, just throwing it out there in the uh, Maybe, I'd, probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. It's, you know, you had two losses to this. Well, you had a tie and a loss to the same team. So it's probably not worth overreacting. Just want to say like Wednesday night optimals. This is the highest own receivers on DK. Now understand we're jamming in Henry and CMC and we live in the world of salary cap. Number one own guy receiver wise. Demarcus Robinson. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, doing, I'm not doing that. Jacoby Myers. Chris Moore. I will do that. I will do that. Listen, yeah. if Latavius Murray does me again this week, if, if Demarcus <laughs> Robinson has that in him, then so be it. I lose. And Jahan Dotson is the fourth one. Like, what are we I'm looking? Not doing Jahan Dotson. I I'm don't not. think I'm doing that either. Like, no, just better. As Rich, as Rich said, pay up for McLaurin. Do not do the Jahan Dotson. Let's move on from Jahan Dotson and talk about all the fabulous tight ends we want to play. Uh, Rich, I'll let you start. It's only three more weeks left to keep losing money with Mark Andrews. Uh, I don't know, man. They're all, all these tight ends are bad. Like I like, I like said, like I think in cash, if, if fans active, I think a lot of people are just going to get there and we can swallow that uh, in tournaments. Dalton Schultz still, I would go back to him still. We didn't talk really about him in that game, but uh, you know, he's been just very volatile, uh, but we know that there's a spike week in there. He was just a tight end one, two weeks ago. So he would be a guy I'd look at. And we didn't talk about Hawkinson either. I guess Hawkinson's still in play too. So that's really that's really it. The rest yeah. of these guys are all bad. Probably shouldn't have ignored Hawkinson, but yeah, for sure. Give him a shout out as well. Uh, John, you have a yeah, Thomas tight? James. How do we not get Thomas James into the, the game segment? <laughs> and yeah. and sadly, Hawkinson or Thomas James is in my pool. Uh, Lions still top three in yards per game allowed to tight ends. Uh, also, he's second on the team behind Justin Jefferson in end zone targets since he joined the Vikings. So, yeah, Hawkinson's definitely live here. I hinted at Daniel Bellinger on the other side of the ball. I think he's fine <laughs> if you're going cheap. Because, again, like, if you don't go Kelsey, dude, just pick somebody. Every Mark Andrews to <laughs> Jordan Akins, they're all the same guy. Who cares? And we even lost Chico Conquo with Malik Willis under center. So, who cares? Pick somebody. Um, you can't yeah, – that's unplayable now, Chick? I, I think so. I, I mean – Again, maybe we can get lucky with Malik Willis rushing touchdowns, but I mean, this dude totaled 130 yards in two starts. You can't, he completed less than 50% of his passes. You can't, yeah. you can't stack them. There's no way. All right. Uh, that is the main slate. Did you want to touch, you know, John, you want to touch on the, the three gamer? The yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we'll, we'll do it because it, I mean, it is a fun three game. It starts with, Dolphins Packers, which as Rich was talking about behind the scenes, may get hit, and we don't like to predict weather at all, but mostly on a Wednesday, it may get hit right now with a storm the moment it kicks off. But otherwise, like it is a total 
And this is not only for Sunday, but like for the entire week. It's a rare total where it's going up, including both sides of the ball here. And the Dolphins kind of figure something out here with giving Tua 30 pass attempts to to their running backs, 23 carries. And we knew a change was going to happen. Tua led the league in ADOT against the Chargers, no success at all through the air. And then they gave 23 running back carries, including Mostert um, and Savon Ahmed, who combined for five explosive runs. So you would think they lean on the run a little more here, co- combined with their passing game. And if that's the case, the Packers, of course, are one of four defenses allowing over five yards per carry. Even Cam Akers had a season high in rushing yards on Monday night. So, like, I think Tua Mostert, like an onslaught here. And as we talked about last week, six or seven players – from Dolphins Packers is definitely the way to go with this being the most interesting game. Um, And then of course, like the bucks, everyone's trying to parse through this game script since we don't think Trace McSorley is going to fight back, but like I'm open to Fournette and Rashad white in this game, like playing both them same lineup thinking that like, yes, definitely the Cardinals won't respond back, but also James Connors getting so many touches. Maybe you go his direction. Um, It's an ugly tight end slate. Whereas, like, the same reason we played last week against the Cardinals. Um, who the hell played the Cardinals last week? It all runs together now. The Broncos. Okay. Oh, the same people. The same reason people wanted to play Greg Dulcich. Kate Auden's, like, a, a part-time player with Cameron Brake, but he's still getting it done here. And he has over 10 targets the past two weeks. So, I'd play Kate Auden in a, in a short, ugly slate. I also think Robert Tunyon is definitely alive, considering everyone cracked the code of George Kittle against the – against the no i'm getting them mixed up again dawson knox against the dolphins so yeah like that's kind of where i'm at right now um rams and broncos whatever i'm picking one of the defenses probably but that's about it looks like mcsorley ran a little bit in college for what it's worth i don't know much about mcsorley um uh, if there's anything i guess there's no interest in mcsorley i'm assuming but this is a weird slate with that you know there's six quarterbacks and like seven of them died this year three of them like brady maybe died russ definitely died you got McSorley, Aaron Rodgers, kind of, sort of. He's, he's had some Undertaker moments as well, so I can just come back to some degree. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting mixed bag as far as quarterbacks. As bad as Brady's been, oh, he's been fine. As What uh, is that? Hold on. I need to know, I need to know what, what that background is. What played? I was pulling up McSorley's college stats. Nice. Like college stats, not whatever. And yeah, that's <laughs> that was not All worth right. it. <laughs> the, you were watching the Just Bombs uh, Trace McSorley video. I don't know what that is, but I'm curious now. <laughs> so, so yes, sell us on Brady first, Reeves. But then also, please explain like who you think is going to be more rostered because that's kind of my that's my issue with Brady is like I think he'll naturally be the highest rostered quarterback, but I could be very wrong about that. Yeah, Rodgers is the quarterback you want to play. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just saying, as bad as Brady's been, he's been kind of fine for fantasy. Like he's, and especially then when you reduce it to these six quarterbacks, you're like, oh, I can live with that. <laughs> who, who do you want to pair him with first? Oh, Godwin. Okay, wait. Did you say? I thought you said Rogers. Oh no, Rogers is the dude you should play though, because I mean, Tua still had the bugaboos, right? He only completed one pass over the middle of the field. They just made two big splash plays. He still was well below his expected completion rate. He was 7.5% below his expected completion rate, which was 26 in the NFL last week. He was 26 in success rate per throw. They just hit two money balls. You had Jalen Waddle look like the fastest human on earth on the ball he caught. Uh, (laughs) And then Tyreek just beat his guy in a go route uh, from 20 yards out. So, like, it's not like the Dolphins, like, I think, like, 
really cracked the code though, like fig- figured this out. And the Packers have a, a way better pass defense than a run defense. So it could just be a situation where they run back to try to make a few plays. Um, but this Dolphins, this Dolphins defense is totally exploitable. Uh, they have like really weird home road splits, but if you just look at who they played, it's really explainable. I mean, at home, outside of Josh Allen, they face Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, Kenny Pickett, Jacoby Brissett, and Kyle Allen. And then their games on the road, they face Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Zach Wilson, Jared Goff, Justin Fields, Brock Purdy, Justin Herbert, and Josh Allen. So like we can, we can explain those home roads. It's pretty, pretty easily. Uh, and that's not nearly as hot there this time of year for the dumbass home field advantage where the sun is on the visitors <laughs> uh, bench. But yeah, I mean, they're allowing 16.7 passing points per game. It's 30th in the NFL. Um, uh, yeah, I think, and, and the Packers offense has quietly been good. You know, obviously the season long yeah. stuff has been bad. Uh, but since week nine, they're seventh in the NFL in points per drive. Uh, so they they can get there. The Packers offense has been a lot more efficient, I think, than people have noticed just because of the body of work for over the course of the season. So, uh, yeah, I, I like I like the Rodgers side. All right. Uh, Rich, you, you pair him with Christian Watson, man. You go right back to Christian Watson. <clears throat> yeah, there's a narrative, a greasy wheel, whatever you want to call it, right? He said Watson. He called him out basically saying like he ran, misran a route and – he, he still ran a route on 94% of the dropbacks. I mean, the receivers in this game have like huge upside, right? On a per play basis. Yeah. We know what the Dolphins guys can do. And then we have already seen what Watson can do. So, I mean, there's a chance like all those guys could have a touchdown from outside of the red zone. Especially given Dolphins splits against receiving backs. Um, like Aaron Jones also with Aaron Rodgers is, is very, very live. Like, you know, just like we talked about last week, Kirk Cousins with Dalvin Cook, Matt Ryan with Jonathan Taylor, I understand the latter pair didn't get there, but Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook together, like that's how you play Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. John, you got a roster, an offensive player in Denver and the Rams. Who is that offensive player? Uh, who's their number two receiver with Kendall Hinton on IR? Uh, Brandon Johnson, Jalen Virgil, Vigil, that's who I'm playing. Is Sutton coming back? <laughs> oh, Sutton may be coming back, back actually, yeah. He was limited today. What about Tutu on the other side? Is the number two if you want Tutu? Uh, I, I think I think actually Rams defense may be interesting um, since more people will get on Broncos. <coughs> but dude, I mean, why do you care about Russell Wilson? We're in Week 16 and he's not a good quarterback. Broncos and Bucks. I mean, definitely a hot defensive slate. <laughs> yes. I said I said offensive player. I specifically said offensive <laughs> player, not defense. I, I did not want you to have that. Yeah. Out. Hey, listen, you just run the game script back. You can run the Latavius back, Dean. Uh, yeah, there you go. The game Probably script's going to be there for him to get. Up twenty more touches. You just yeah. you just hold your nose. Latavius and, and Cam Akers on a three game slate. I can't do it. Guys. You just hold your nose and you say, it. "I'm going to get these touches." Can't do it. That is the segue, by the way, uh, to our little movie contest that we run. The analysis is over. We do appreciate you all watching the show. If you want to stick around and listen to us talk about movies for about five minutes or so, last week uh, I took down the four man, but let's not talk about that just yet because we have to talk about uh, Rich, who won the four man and gave us a movie to watch. And you assigned us Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse. Leave that, leave that to what's yeah, none of you guys had seen it. We had a multiverse theme, and that was what uh, you guys decided uh, you voted for. Us. I rewatched it again, too, for you guys, because it's a movie I've seen roughly 25 times. And I will enjoy the 26th viewing as well. Um, if you guys didn't like it, I take no offense. Uh, producer Steve's going to jump in here as well. I believe both uh, Steve and myself, we finished it right before the show started, actually. That's one of the reasons why we started five or ten minutes late. Um, but I, I will yield. Uh, I will yield to John. Uh, by the way, uh, producer Rob told me the other day, he, he gave me a little pointer. He's like, you know, you guys don't talk enough about the movie. You don't give a score. You said, like, you like it, you didn't like it, that's it. 
We should put a score on these things. Why aren't we putting scores on it? We should okay. going forward. Listen, the movie talk has become the favorite part of my week. Like literally, that's, <laughs> like, that's how pathetic my life is. Or I, this is my favorite twenty minutes of my life now. So I will gladly do whatever suggestions we have. The <laughs> chat last week, Dean, as you know, suggested that let next year we yeah. do a listener league pick six. And assuming Rich and I are, are live and invited back by Dan, as much as we antagonize him to bring us back to a Super Bowl party. Uh, I think that's a, the best idea. So look live for that next year. But for this year, I'm down for scores. Let's do this. The I just feel like they're going to be like mean and like give us like, – I don't, I don't know if yeah, that is yeah. any good, but it's like four hours long. You know? it's okay. <laughs> it's just it's okay. They're going to give us like the longest movie ever. Uh, maybe they won't. I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fun. And you know if they win, they probably deserve the right to give us a bad movie, right? If they, if they beat all of us. Yeah, so. that's true. I guess it's not a set of time limit. You can't give us movies over like two and a half hours. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, what, what was your thoughts as far as uh, Into the Spider-Verse? I watched it Monday night and I texted Reeves afterwards immediately. And I said, I have thoughts on Spider-Verse. And uh, my thoughts are, I can't believe someone didn't direct me to this movie before. Like didn't point me in a direction. And also like, this movie's fucking amazing. Like how can you even get to the idea of not only am I going to spin Spider-Man into alternate universes, that's good enough. But then also the fact that the alternate universes we're going to come out with, and there's spoiler alerts for everyone here who didn't watch it with us are the fact that it is divorced and fat Spider-Man who's depressed. That's inc- <laughs> that's fucking amazing that that's where you start. Like he's the main character honestly is divorced and depressed Peter Parker with pizza. That's amazing. But then you also get like the joking of Porky Spider-Man and Spider-Man Noir. Um I thought that was incredible. Uh I also paused it several times and took screenshots and photos because I think I'm going to get some art made of like the comics or the action sequences that happen. There are like even transition sequences where the, the sparks and the fireworks that are set, it should be like framed on a wall. It, I, I think the, the, as Rich said, no movie has ever been filmed or shot like this. And I think that alone makes it an amazing picture, not to mention the story. Um, yeah, so it all, it's the perfect movie. It's incredible. It really is. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. The cast, like you kind of referenced, uh, Spider-Ham was John Mulaney. John Mulaney is always good, yes. whatever he does. Uh, Nick Cage, who's like, I know he's a big Superman guy. Doesn't he like, name his kid? Uh, Superman's, what, what's he's Superman's a, he's, son, he's a son named Kal-El, right? Yes, yeah, I, I couldn't get there. But I mean, I assume he's a big Spider-Man guy as well, too. Uh, um, uh, Mahershala Ali, Chris Pine, uh, Liev Schreiber. Just a loaded, loaded cast all around. Liev Schreiber, great voice, voice actor. Who's that? Well, I said Lee Shard's a great voice actor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very, very good. Um, yeah, were, were you I, I liked it. You know, I, I thought I agree with the, you know, it's it, this isn't necessarily my wheelhouse, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I generally like the, the Spider-Man movies. Some of them are a little meh, but like some of the other ones I, I really enjoy. Do we have a, a side conversation, Rich? Do you have a hot take as far as your favorite Spider-Man? Just yeah, that's one for sure. hundred percent. This is the best oh, Spider-Man movie. Favorite, oh. okay. What about like yeah. the actor? Like, the, like as far as the, the like the live, like not the, the the drawing version. Like I'm talking, like uh, Tobey Maguire and. Uh, I would say I would definitely say Tom Holland. I think that Toby is uh, a great Peter Parker, 
Uh, Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man, but was definitely too good looking and too old to be. I mean, say that, say that for Toby too, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, Andrew Garfield was too good looking to buy as Peter Parker, uh, but he was a great, his Spider-Man was good. He was not, Andrew Garfield's not the reason those movies are bad. Um, but Tom Holland's kind of the perfect one to both of them. So I would definitely vote Tom Holland. Does the Nickelback, the spider, the second Spider-Man hold up? Is it any good? Because I think I remember not liking it in theaters, but that was a long time ago. Wait, which one? Uh, The one where Nickelback is the theme song. I think it's Spider-Man 2. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is is still amazing. It's still really good. The Doc Ock one with Alfred Molina is still still That may be it, yeah. That still rolls. But this movie... When I saw it in the theater, and obviously I was really excited, and you know, uh, Phil Lord wrote this movie too. Oh, I didn't yeah, know it was yeah. a theater release. I oh, thought it was yeah, simply yeah. video. And, but oh. there's, I knew like in the first five minutes, I was gonna love it because there's just nothing that looks like it. I grew up reading these comics, and like, man, it was just, it was a whole, a whole different world. But uh, it's definitely one of my favorite movies. I'm glad you guys got to watch it. I didn't even try to push this one on you guys. So we got, we got a second one coming out. Yeah, and, and if you want, the, the trailer just released for the second movie. Yeah. Literally, really? literally the I, same day. I think it was Monday. The trailer for the second movie came out. I didn't know I that. That's what inspired you to, uh, or maybe judge your memory or something like that. But uh, by the way, Are you, you mentioned the first five minutes. I did love the intro and just the movie. It, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It winks at the audience. Like it, it kind of poked fun at Tobey Maguire and like the famous point scene, right? Like, yeah, 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 with him I dancing at the beginning. It little nuts. It's got heart. It's got uh, a whole bunch of good comedy written in. But Phil, that's Phil Lord's wheelhouse, man. The, I, I imagine there was a good solo movie we were going to get from Phil Lord. That I'm sorry that that fell apart. Phil and- Lord. Who's, who's Phil Lord? Uh, he, he wrote this. Uh, he wrote the Lego movie. Uh, but but he, was, he was the first writer on the solo movie that we got. And they there was discrepancies and he they th- things fell apart. I think he ended up with like an executive producer credit still, but basically he didn't write the movie. So I wonder what that movie would have been like. Probably would have been better than the one we got. Having that, like he might be involved in the one in twenty twenty three. Spider Man across the. Uh... Well, he's involved in the sequel. Okay, yeah, I'm talking about Solo, Spider-Man. the movie Solo, the Han Solo movie. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Never mind. I was thinking something yeah. totally different. My apologies. My bad. That's just been, well. Solo the... is a big word, but. <laughs> The self-awareness also for even the small things like um, we've been here before kid. He's going to say 24 hours. He has 24 hours to get it done. And then like literally cuts to Kingpin. You got 24 hours to get it done. <laughs> I think little things like that also make it funny. Steve, what are your thoughts? You didn't really chime in on this. Were you a fan? I was agreeing with pretty much everything was said. Yeah. I think this was my favorite one we've watched so far from the contest. Okay. Um, the art was awesome. Uh, very unique. The ending after credits, like Rich told us to stay and watch, was funny. I threw the yeah, look at right behind me. The pointing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got a kick out of that. It was, I guess, a tease for this second one coming out. I guess it's gonna have something to do with that. Who's Oscar Isaac? Is the, is the Spider-Man twenty? Was the, yes, that was the voice. Yeah, I have the captions on, so like, like, or no, I, I think I paused at that moment, and like, it'll tell you on Amazon who the actors are, which I appreciate. Not not real every other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Netflix doesn't tell you who's like who's acting at the current moment in the scene. I, I, I like right. the uh, every once in a while I'll pause and say, "Who's this?" I, I appreciate the little uh, side uh, element that Amazon brings. But hey, uh, what you got for us this this week? All right, yeah. So, hold on, hold on. First off, ten. I'm giving it a ten. If you want to score, I, I think this is an awesome movie. If they had a special edition for me to buy, I would actually purchase it and put it on the shelf behind me. Now, are you just a pushover, or like you're just saying this is the best? I mean, a ten is just, no. You're, you're setting the bar. You're coming right out the gate. You're saying nothing can be better than this, especially like animated films. It, it's not in the same. Well, 
it, it's not the same theme, but like if you told me to rank animated films, I'd give a 10 to like Up. I'd give a 10 to Toy Story, which is the saddest one. Three? Um, yeah, I think I'd give, I'd give a 10, yeah, to this movie. I think it's, I think it's amazing, especially for what it is. Sad. The first 10 minutes of it, whatever it was. Um, yeah, up the last 10, the first 10 minutes will, it's basically like the last 10 minutes of Manchester by the Sea. You're just in a bunch Land Before of Time. I said like the first yeah. one up came out. I was like, oh, this is just our new Land Before Time. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, uh, see a 10 and, and I don't, you can't raise it. Do you want to see it or are you, is that the, where you're going to be as well? I would say more like an 8.9. Okay. Oh, we get decimals. I'm still getting <laughs> 10. <laughs> you do what you want. You just, you He's full of Portnoy. <laughs> if we were doing, well, if we were doing not decimals, yeah, it'd be a nine out of 10, nine out of 10. You do what you want. Uh, I'm gonna put. I'm, I'll drop an eight five, and that's not an insult. Eight five is pretty solid. You know, it's it's uh, it's good. But I'm I'm like the Russian judge, though. You got to really impress me. <laughs> this was one again, of the movies that we watched that I could watch again. Uh, yeah, Baby Driver six and six Sideways. Oh, Sideways was like nine point one, eight point nine, nine point one Sideways. Yeah, you're all over the place. That's interesting. All right. And uh, was that all the movies? I mean, there's probably one that's kind of lost in the shuffle. Maybe the, cooler. First, the first one with um, oh the cooler, uh, cooler, cooler, seven point five. And uh, the interview, interview six point five. <laughs> that's there. There's our ranking system. All right. Anybody else want to? You have to rank action? them as tight end plays. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Bellinger, <laughs> who is no offense. <laughs> all right, so. Uh, I I was thinking about I like a, as a general like just movie style I like a good like twisty movie a good surprise movie mm. uh, what, you know uh, M Night sort of in the, in the vein of that so I was thinking of some of my favorites um, not to spoil anything but yeah, just to, you know usually something you don't really see coming at the end a good reveal right and and I was also like I know everybody's seen like you know the first ten or fifteen so I went to one that might not be as popular. And it was from seven, eight years ago, I'm going to say. And I don't know how to pronounce it. I always, goof, I always mess up the pronunciation. But has anybody seen uh, Ex Machina? Ex Machina? Yep. Uh, yes. I've, I've seen it multiple times. Uh, what a good well, Ex Machina more. It's an incredible movie. Oh, I didn't know that was Oscar Isaac as well. It is. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that movie, uh, it scares me. It's like Black Mirror, mm. how I can only watch one episode at a time because I get too terrified for Earth. <laughs> um, Ex Machina trips me out. Okay, we'll throw that one out then. Uh, <laughs> great movie, though. Great. Yeah. I'll watch it again. If, if Steve hasn't seen it, I'll watch it again. No, I, I, I haven't, but let's get, let's get one at least two of us haven't okay. seen. So I got one that I know you all haven't seen. Like, I know you haven't seen it. And you're, you're going to be upset at first. You're not going to be happy because it's not in English. <laughs> but no, it, I don't mind that. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't really mind that either. There is a dub version of it, and it was on Netflix, and I think it's no longer on Netflix. But Netflix, I've been watching a lot of like Spanish movies, um, that and they, they do a really good job. I think it's out of Spain, I want to say. It's called The Invisible Guest. It was on Netflix a couple months ago. I think it's no longer there, but I don't just go in totally cold. I recommend this movie to at least five people, and everybody's like, that movie was awesome. Just Just trust me on it. The the invisible the invisible guest I believe it's from Spain. Um, invisible man or guest? No, the invisible guest. The yes. invisible guest. I'm telling you, and you, nobody's seen this, right? I assume nope. nobody's seen this. Nope. Just just trust me on. You're gonna be like, wow, I had no idea this movie existed, and I'm very happy I watched that. And yeah, again, there's a dub version if you want to read, however you want to do it. And you know, I, 
I, I have no issues reading, but some people have problems with that. But uh, that's my that's my movie for the week. I want to. All I'm going to do now is watch it, thinking about what how I can figure out the twist. Well, I mean, I don't think you're going to figure it out, but I'm, but, I that, but in that. my mind now I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I shouldn't have said even said that. Like there is a twist, but you know, uh, and it just. Just watch. Yeah, you're gonna to try to figure it out. Well, you would you would naturally try to figure it out as you're going along, but yeah, just go in cold. Don't read any synopsis. Trust that Rotten Tomatoes has got a big score for it. I believe it does, like somewhere in the 90s or something like that. Seventy uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but audience score is 87. percent There you go. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, it's legit. It's very very good. I'm really curious to get. I I don't think it's gonna get higher than a 10 uh, out of John, but uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, all right, we'll, we'll lock it in. Lock it in. Yeah. If anybody's uh, still with us, <laughs> here's Dean's nice lineup on screen. Oh yeah, is it was was it even good though, or is it just like just good enough? It yeah. was good enough. It was this one's yeah. good enough. Uh, a couple of us have had like an actual like this lineup made money in other contests. This one I think is good enough. You had Mahomes. Mahomes was underplayed overall. Um, you played Latavius Murray correctly, and then you had the cheap bring back with Marcus Valdez Scantling, and you had him stack Mahomes. That's most importantly. Yeah, the double Mahomes stack. Um, and London, who we talked about, it was, you know, better. With Camaro. Yeah, yeah, I did correlate that. Uh, that yeah. was like a thought process. And Chris Moore, who like everybody, you know, who's really popular last week, 75% amongst us three. And then uh, Big Mike, Mike Williams, who uh, kind of sort of somewhat salvaged his game there near the end. He did. But, you know, kind of flopped. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I, someone who someone who played Mike Williams, I'll tell you, he didn't salvage anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I played – I played Titans defense in this and a lot of places because I was the the general theme was people thinking the Chargers couldn't fail. But let me introduce you to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, they could fail. They do every week. Every game is within three points. They just sort of find a way. It seems like I haven't you know, gone they, through a game by game. They like, love underwhelming. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, no touchdowns. I think for uh... no, they had two rushing touchdowns against the Titans. Yeah, jeez, disappointing week. That's the show, though. That's week 16. We'll be back for week 17 uh, before we step aside. You know, we, we got to do it. The people know already, but, you know, it'd be rude of me not to, like, prompt you. John, tell the people where they can find you around the interwebs. It's week 16. You do know, but 44.com. We are 75% off the rest of the season for DFS and redraft, and that includes through the playoffs with underdog rankings. I believe I have another show on my plate tomorrow night, Thursday, 44 YouTube channel. 6.30 p.m. Eastern now, uh, doing underdog gauntlet drafts, one per week on Thursday. So another show. And then TJ Hernandez, good friend, is forcing me to wake up on Christmas Eve for a Discord chat uh, <laughs> with, with him over the Saturday slate. So again, if you subscribe and you're in the Discord, 10.45 a.m. Eastern on Saturday morning, Christmas Eve, I will be there because it's my job. I can't guarantee I'll, I will not be hung over, but I will be there for everyone. Isn't TJ a California guy? He's a West Coast guy, right? San Diego, yeah. So he's up like what my UCF almost uh, seven forty-five in the morning. You're talking about? And it's gonna be seven forty-five. Yeah, if it's ten forty-five. Yeah, seven forty-five a.m. There. <laughs> Took us a second. We got there eventually. Uh, Rich, tell the people where they can find you. Listen, sharpfootballanalysis.com. It's week sixteen. I just want everyone to have a great Christmas, good holiday. Hopefully, you win in your season-long leagues, get to the championship finals. Hit those cash lines, tip something over. Uh, we made it. It's Christmas time. By the way, check out Rich on the, the Swolecast this week. He made a special appearance with the Swolecast crew. 
Um, and we'll see. I think they're, yeah. Well, check that out. I, if you, I if you did not get enough Malik Willis leverage talk, go there because there's oh, no. even more. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I never really know analysis. Uh, the non is that the whole bit of the slowcast? You really can't tell what's analysis and what's nonsense. Is, well, is isn't there? that the whole thing of fantasy football? <laughs> I'm not throwing shade there, but I just thought that was kind of how the, the, the format of the show. All right, for Rich, for John, for producer Steve, for the slowcast, for Warren Moon. This was the NFL Pick 6 show, uh, week 16 with Rotor Grinders. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Go win something. We'll be back next week. Good luck. We're out of here. Holler.